This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. All right, well, I'm excited to share a word that's in my heart tonight. I really think it's the culmination, really, of what you guys have been sharing about, talking about, and preparing and planning and I really believe what the, that spoken word just said. It's really all tying together. I want to talk a little bit about kingdom authority and the authority that God has called us to walk in. I love that idea of we're called to bring the presence of God to a city that's hurting and broken. And, and that's really where our authority comes, right? Amen. Well, I, um, how many of you love Costco? Do you guys have a Costco in Kingston? All right. Well, I am kind of a Costco girl. And um, I don't know why, but... I, I think as we were raised, how many of you were raised like outside of the city a little bit? Like you have, okay, right? So you have to be stocked up, right? Those of you who, right? So I was raised in a city like 30 miles from our, from our main city. And so my mom shopped this way. And so um, my cupboards are like excessively full. And I love Costco. I will just go to Costco and walk the aisles because I love bulk and abundance, right? Amen. I don't know why, but it's like, why get one roll of toilet paper when you can have 52, right? Like, why buy one bag of trail mix when you can have 79 and, um, and be ready? And so I believe that, that tonight God wants, that God wants to have that natural principle in us in the spirit, that God wants us to be like Costco stocked up, that he wants us to be ready for whatever life throws at us. Like, oh, you need toilet paper? Don't worry. I have like 72 rolls. Like, I got you, right? And I'm telling you, I have teenagers and they eat a lot. This may be why I love Costco. And they also have a lot of friends. And so if you are um, wanting to know what the key to raising teenagers is, have lots of food. It's powerful and wonderful. You feed them, they will come. So our house is always filled with young people and my refrigerator looks a little bit, my shopping cart looks like this. My fridge looks like this. Yes. All right. I believe God wants us to be stocked up. I believe God wants us to be ready for whatever is coming our way. Now, when I'm having someone over for dinner, my best way to prepare a meal is not, I don't know why, but the pressure of saying like, will you come over in two weeks is just a lot for me. Like, because then you feel like you have to bring your best meal, and you had two weeks to plan it, and you're like, this is the best I could do, and then you feel like you're going to get judged, and no matter, even if it is your best meal, you kind of want to act, I'd rather just act like, oh, I just threw this all together, you just came over, and so I love to have lots of things on stock, lots of things on hand, so that when someone comes over, I'm ready to make a meal, I'm ready to prepare something, I'm ready to pull stuff out of my cupboard, and out of the stock, the cabinets, and bring something to serve to people, I believe God wants us to be that kind of girls, that we have tools in our tool belt, that we are ready, so that when we are faced with things, God's going to send you to people. God's going to send you places. And I believe tonight he's going to show you, he's going to put things in your tool belt. He's going to show you the tools that you already have in your tool belt so that you are ready. All right. Say, I'm ready. ready. Tell your neighbor they're ready. They're more ready than they think. Proverbs 31, 25 is one of my favorite scriptures. This is talking about the Proverbs 31 woman, but it says she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. I love this scripture. And how many of you saw the Wonder Woman movie? Mm-hmm. 
I love that movie. It's so inspiring. I just watched it last week again. It's so inspirational. But I, how many of you, like when you see that, you're like, yes, that is me. Like I am that girl, right? Like it stirs something inside of us because I think God put us something inside of us that we're meant to war, we're meant to fight, we're meant to bring freedom. And it's one of my favorite movies for many reasons. But um, now I'm not saying that I'm Wonder Woman. I'm just saying that no one has ever seen me and Wonder Woman in the same room. <laughs> so I think you can just tell your neighbor that same thing. Just say, I'm not saying I'm Wonder Woman. Go ahead and tell her, I'm not saying I'm Wonder Woman. <laughs> but no one's ever seen me, you, or Wonder Woman in the same room. All right, so sometimes we see that kind of movie and we're like, yes, I am Wonder Woman, sexy, skinny, cute, darling. I'm yielding these swords just like that, you know, right? And some of you are like, I feel a little more like Sid the Sloth. <laughs> Did anybody in the room relate? No, you're like, <laughs> sometimes we feel like this. This is, I believe this is how God sees us. And I believe sometimes this is the image we have ourselves. The good news is, how many of you love that, that, how many of you love, what's the movie? Ice Age. Do you love Sid? He's so, he's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite. The good news is, I think, I love that, that essence that you pointed out in the spoken word, that God doesn't need us to be Wonder Woman to, to bring kingdom authority to the earth. God is looking for weak. He's looking for the smallest. When we read, I love that our Bible is full of stories of not people who have their whole life together, not people who are like, hey, man, this person's really got it, so let's use them to bring the kingdom of earth, of heaven to earth. But God chose often the smallest, the weakest. We, we read about Gideon and he's hiding out and he's fearful and God's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to use you to lead a great, I'm going to use you to bring victory to people. God takes David who is overlooked and small and in a field, his dad's like pretty much goes through everybody else in the family and they're like, is there anyone else? Oh yeah, there's David out there. And God's like, yeah, I'm going to use him. Some of you tonight, God's going to call you up and you feel like, gosh, I'm the smallest, I'm the weakest, there's no way God could use me, but God wants to use you. And God has this beautiful way of taking weakness and taking uh, nothingness and turning it into somethingness in his hands and in his presence. Amen? Amen. Father God, we come tonight and we ask for your word to be alive on the inside of us. God, I pray that my words would speak life and hope and healing and strength. God, I thank you for the power of your spirit that rests on us tonight. God, I thank you for your indwelling spirit that lives on the inside of us. God, I thank you tonight that you're putting a fight back in some of us. God, that you're strengthening us by your spirit as we gather in this place. We open our heart, we open our minds, we open our ears to receive from you. Amen. Amen. Well, I believe some of you are facing some battles tonight that you have felt like, I don't have the tools to fight this. I don't have the tools to win this. But when I was praying for you, I saw like a heaven, the heavens open. I saw your hands being open before God. And I saw God bringing and dropping things in your hand, dropping weapons in your hand, dropping the tools that you need to face the mountains in your life, to face the things that you're facing. I believe God's going to cause a victorious spirit to come on the inside of you. Are you guys ready for that? All right, even after a long day, you're ready? All right, say, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm more ready than I think. All right, Psalm 144. These are two of my favorite scriptures right now. Psalm 144, one says this, praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and he give my, gives my fingers skill 
for battle. I love this. Write this other psalm down. This is Psalm 18. This is something that I read regularly because it's something that reminds me that this is who God is. This is what he wants to do through me, that he's training me to war. He's training me to bring heaven to earth. He's training me what it looks like to walk and stand in my identity as God's daughter and to bring heaven to earth. So we're talking about kingdom authority. And the kingdom of God is when his rule and his righteousness reign, right? When, when his authority is ruling. Well, here's, I looked up the definition for authority, and here's what it says. Authority is the power or right to give orders, to make decisions, and enforce obedience. Luke 10, 19 says this, look, I have given some people, I've given your parents, I've given Pastor Ray, he says, I've given you He's talking to his disciples. I've given you authority. So this authority is not ours, but, but we've been given it. I've given you authority over some of the power of the enemy. How, how much? Over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them, and nothing will injure you. I want to read it in the Amplified. It says, listen carefully. I've given you authority that you now possess. Do you guys know that? We already possess it, right? Because of what he did on the cross. To tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will in any way harm you. He's given us the power or the right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. So God's given us that authority to walk in. Ephesians 6, 10 says this, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong, right? So take, this isn't a passive word, right? When we're going to take something, it means we got to go on and reach for it, right? So that's what I want to get on the inside of you. So take everything that the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them in your belt and look good. No, he says, and put them to use. We have to know how to use them? All right, so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple hours. This is a four keeps life and death fight to the finish against the devil and, the, and his angels. Welcome to the kingdom of God. <laughs> Did you guys sign up for like the easy path? You know, some of you are like, I am not sure I even signed up for this, right? Be prepared. So be ready. That's what God wants from us. Be ready. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. <laughs> I love this. Take all the help you can get. You're going to need it. <clears throat> Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. You need to learn how to apply them. You're going to need them throughout your life. For God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. 
Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters and keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up, right? We talked about that this morning. Keep each other's spirits up. Tell each other, we're going to win. You can do this, right? So that no one falls behind or drops out. So that's the word of the Lord over us. Isn't that a great translation, that message? All right. So I want to talk just really briefly about some of the basics, just so we're all on the same page. Welcome to war, right? Like that's not the funnest thing to talk about. But like we were born into a battlefield. And sometimes if we don't know that, then we get knocked off our feet and we're found where we're not standing. We're actually on the ground. So I want to talk about just some of the basics of what that means. Number one, we got to know the victor. Good news, guys. This is the best news ever, right? The battle has already been won, right? Jesus has already won on the cross. The Bible says this in Revelations. Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last, the living one. I died, but look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and the grave. Isaiah 54, 17 says this. No weapon formed against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised against you. And benefits are enjoyed the Lord. Vacation will come to me for I, the Lord, have spoken. Jesus has already won the war and he wants us strong. He is strong. So that is the end of the story. The victory's already been won and he is the victor. So I love that. We got to spend time with Jesus. We got to spend time with the one who has won the war. We got to know him. We got to know what his word says. We got to know what the truth is. Number two, we got to know our enemy. Our enemy, the Bible, we just read this, but in the, tra- the translation in Ephesians 6, 12, we're not fighting against what? Flesh and blood. So good news, the enemy is not your husband. The enemy is not your spouse, right? I mean, we have to know that, that we fight against powers and principalities and rulers and in this dark world. That sounds really simple, but you know, most of the time the battle feels like it's coming from people, right? How, when, when the weapon, is on, it feels like it's coming through a person because the enemy, the only access he has to it sometimes is through a body, through through a person. If we catch the revelation of that, I think it changes everything in our life. When someone is doing things that hurt us, we're able to say, you know what? I'm not wrestling. This is a war. I'm not getting engaged in this battle, but I'm in a battle in a different way. I believe God is looking for the church to say, you know what? Here's how we're going to battle. We're going to battle in the spirit. We're going to battle in prayer. We're going to battle a different way. And we're going to recognize when someone treats us wrong, when someone talks to us wrong, when someone interacts with us wrong, or someone does wrong things to us, our battle is not with them. Our battle is with the enemy. One of the things as a, as a pastor that I've had to learn, it's like people will come and it's like everything inside me wants to engage with what's happening with a person. And it's like, I'm going to just love them like this. And then I'm just going to cut hell off their back, you know? And it's like, how do we do that? It's like, I got to recognize this is not my enemy. This is, these are my allies. And it's like, if the enemy can get us fighting each other, then we've lost the entire war. If the enemy can get us hurt and wounded and not really wanting to do life with the people around us, then we've engaged in the totally wrong battle, right? All right. So who's our enemy? Satan, right? All right, so we know our enemy, say, my enemy is not my husband. Say it with confidence. Okay, our, girl, we going to pray for that, right? <laughs> my enemy is not, not our boss. Our enemy is not our friend. Our enemy is fighting a battle. And so where is the, where is the battleground? All right, oh, let me, here, there's a, there's a meme up there. Here, we got to know the difference. God steals you, Satan 
rushes you. We got to know the difference. Like we got to know the victor. We got to know our enemy. God reassures you. Satan frightens you. God leads you. Satan pushes you. Some of you, this is going to help you. When you're making a decision, this is one of the basic things I do in my life. Like when I feel like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. I got to do this. Oh my gosh, I got to do this. I'm like, oh, that's not God. Why? God leads me. The enemy pushes me. When I feel like I have to do something right now, I got to make a decision. I got to make this call. I got to, got to, got to, got to. I'm like, oh, I know something about God and I know something about my enemy. The enemy pushes me and God God leads me to do hard things. Sometimes God leads me to do things I don't want to do that I feel scared to do, but I got to recognize the difference between the two of them. All right? So God enlightens us. The enemy confuses us. The Bible says that he's the author of confusion. We got to know that. If you're feeling confused, whose voice is loud in your head? Enemies, right? God brings clarity. God brings peace. God brings strength. God forgives you. Satan condemns you. If you're feeling condemnation, that's not God. If the thoughts in your head are about, man, you did this, you did that, you can't, you can't. God doesn't condemn us. God convicts us, and there's a big difference, right? Condemnation, we feel bad about ourselves. Conviction means, oh my gosh, I need Jesus, right? We turn it over to the Lord, and he forgives us, and we walk out in freedom. God calms us, and the enemy, he does something. But we do have to know what voice we're listening to. We do have to know who God is and who our enemy is. We got to know the difference, right? Who are we going to believe? The voice of me or the voice of God? We got to know the difference. All right, so we got to know the victor. We got to know our enemy. Here's the deal. We got to know our battleground. All right, so the battleground, the Bible teaches us, I believe, is in our mind, in our heart, okay? So if we recognize the battleground, then we know where we can fight. We got to guard, the Bible tells us to guard our heart because it is the wellspring of life. We got to guard uh, our mind because that's where the real battle is. I believe what our mind, our, the, 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 if we can gain authority in our mind, we can gain authority in our situations. We can bring God's kingdom to our mind. We can bring God's kingdom to earth. You know, um, our kids, we spent a lot of time telling them who they were. We spent a lot of time helping them identify who they were because we were going to send them into public school. And we realized that if we didn't tell them who they were, that they were going to allow their friends to tell them who they were. They were going to allow a situation and an environment to identify them. But we, I spent a lot of time talking to them, speaking to them, telling them who they were so that they had an understanding of their identity. So that when someone came and said, this is who you are, they're like, uh-uh, that's not what my mom said. That's not what my dad said, right? We got to know who we are in the kingdom of God. We got to know what the Bible says about us. We got to believe those things so that when the enemy sends lies to our mind, we're like, uh-uh. That's not who I am. That's, I love that song. Right? I am who you say that I am. We have to know what the Bible says about us. We want to stand in our identity as God's against us. We can stand in the power of God, and we know who he's called us to be. So one of the things when our kids were growing up that I, you know, we're sending them into public school, and I'm like, I want to give them what they need to face whatever they're facing. And I remember, you know, telling them, okay, this is what's going to happen when you get to school. This is, what, this is what's coming at you. And um, I remember at the time they're kind of like, eh, I don't know. But I love that um, 
they were ready when situations came. And I remember my daughter saying, you know, coming home from school telling me, Mom, it's just like you said. It's just like you said. And she was not only thrown off by what was happening, but she was ready and she was able to tell her friends, hey, my mom told me all about this. This was going to happen. And so she was fully equipped and fully ready to help other people. And I believe that's how it is in the kingdom of God, that God wants to speak to us from his word. He wants to prepare us as we spend time with him. So when we're in situations, we're not caught off guard. We're not caught without having tools in our belt, but we're like, oh my gosh, I know about this. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for the things that the enemy would like to send my way. And some, sometimes, um, you know, practically in our house, I remember some of how that looked um, when Mariah was little, she struggled with our daughter. She really struggled with being able to communicate. She struggled with, um, I remember she would just wake up and cry and she couldn't tell me you know, why she was sad or what was going on in her life. And I remember thinking, God, you got to help me. You got to help me get her ready. You got to help me, um, her walk out of this. And I didn't know how to do it. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have a daughter who doesn't know how to communicate, who doesn't know how to identify her feelings. And I remember the Lord, um, just helping me, you know, so we began, we would, we would talk and, and until she could communicate, until she could articulate, until she could put her finger on what was going on on the inside of her. And I remember we would, we sang like the, this, these are a few of my favorite things and, and really helping her move from a place of, of despair and discouragement into a place of what does God say about me? What does his kingdom say about me? Who am I? And so we would sing songs about that. We'd sing about who, who she was and, and what God wanted to do and help her focus and, and to find the good in life and to find the good things that were in her life. And so we'd, we'd sing like, what, what are some of the favorite things that you have? And so we'd, she'd focus on those things and allow a shifting in the environment around her. I believe God wants to give you keys tonight. I believe we understand that who's, who's the victor Jesus has won, right? We know our enemy. We know our battleground is in the heart and the mind. We, how, most of us struggle just, I remember one night laying in bed and thinking, you know, I'm not a negative person, right? I'm thinking I'm a positive person. And I remember laying my head on my pillow and all of a sudden, it was like the Lord opened my mind to hear what was going on in my head. And I had this wheel of negativity going over and over and over and over and over again. And I was, I, I was convicted and I began to weep and I began to ask the Lord to forgive me because I realized the battlefield is often right here in my mind. So I have to grab a hold of what God's kingdom says and bring it to my mind and bring it to my mind, which brings it to my mouth, which causes me to declare it right Right out into situations, into our marriages, into our families. I believe some of you are facing, your, your kids aren't serving God or your marriage isn't where it's supposed to be. And there's, God wants to put a fight on the inside of you tonight that says, hey, not my marriage, right? Hey, not my family. The enemy can't have that, but he's given us access into the kingdom of heaven that, that, that God's going to put a fight on the inside of you. So we know that Jesus is the victor. We know that our enemy is not our neighbor, it's not our spouse, it is not our friend, it is not our boss, but there is... There there is an enemy that wants to take you out. He's the enemy that wants to pierce your soul, that wants you to be wounded, that wants you to not be able to stand. You know, and the enemy has one, one tool and one weapon, and that is to lie, that's to deceive, that's to cause fear, that's to cause intimidation. When we really understand who we are in the kingdom of God, we'll stand right in, in the face of any situation and we'll say, God, God's will be done here. So the enemy, I think the number one thing most women face is fear. It paralyzes us, right? It's like, I can't step out. What if? What if? And we begin to create these worst case scenarios. So the other thing we want to know is 
Um, how do we do that? I guess, how do we begin to walk in who God says we are? We have to take the word of God and we have to read it over ourselves. We have to believe it over ourselves. We have to listen to our thoughts. The most powerful thing we can do is actually realize what's going on in our head and take authority over that and to bring it into submission to the kingdom of God. And sometimes that looks as practical as just saying in the mirror, this is the truth of God. This is what God says I am. I love singing that song we sing tonight. I am who he says I am, no matter what my thoughts say, no matter what my mind says. Sometimes we have to just look ourselves in the mirror and say, you know what, I like my life. I like, my, I like who I am. I like who God's made me to be and bring heaven's minds to our mindset. So we got to know our weapons is the next thing we got to know. All right? The weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 says this. We are human but we don't wage war as humans do, right? We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. So where's that battlefield? In our mind, right? We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey God. So what are our offensive weapons, right? We have the word of God. We gotta be women who spend time in the word. We gotta know what the Bible says. When the enemy comes at us and says something that's not true, how did Jesus... How did Jesus fight the enemy, right? He said, it is written. This is what the Bible says. Some of you, you if, if you haven't done a Bible reading program, I, I just want to encourage you to get into the Bible, get into the Word. Some, they have great apps now that you can even listen to. There's something powerful when the Word of God gets on the inside of us. It's what changes us. It's what gives us the power to overcome the power of the enemy. All right, so we have worship. We have spirit. And the Bible says we have prayer, right? Some of the... I love that song. Have you guys heard that song? This is how I fight my battles. Just that uh, praise, praise, praise. And it's like, man, sometimes we feel like we're surrounded, right? But God is so much bigger and his power is so much greater. And sometimes just being in a spirit of worship shifts all of that, right? And changes that when I spend time in the presence of God. All right. So we got to know, um, we got to get all the weapons that we can have and, and we got to know our role. So number five is knowing our role. Our role is enforcing what God's already done, right? Our role is to enforce his victory in situations in our life. Psalm 37 says this, those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. He had given this land to the Israelites when God gave the land to them, they still had to go in and they still had to battle real enemies, right? So God's given us victory in areas, but we still have to go in and enforce it. We still have to go in and take it. And sometimes we're like, God, can't you just knock that out? And some things in our life, he does, amen, right? Um, sometimes we come to the Lord and we get set free from addictions. We get set free from things that we're battling. And then there are some things that we are not set free from yet. We're like, God, can't you just deliver us from this? And God's like, yeah, I'm gonna deliver you from it, but I'm gonna walk you through it. I'm gonna give you the tools and, and the the strength to warfare through it. And, and those things are not as fun, but they're powerful. And God, I think, does that for a reason, to teach us that, that he's made us strong and to teach us how to endure and to not give up and to keep pursuing the kingdom of God. I love this in Judges um, chapter 2 and 3. I read this the other day and I, oh gosh, I don't know if I can see in this dark. And I don't, it's not on a slide either. But this is in Judges where, where God had given the Israelites the land and it said... Um, 
I will no longer drive out the nations that Joshua left unconquered when he died, but I did this to test Israel to see whether or not they would follow the ways of the Lord. And that is why the Lord left those nations in place. He did not quickly drive them out or allow Joshua to conquer them all. And here's why. It says, he did this to teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had no experience in battle. And I thought there are some things in our life that God that are still standing there that God says, I want to teach you how to fight for something. I want to teach you how to grab hold of something and bring victory to your life. A few months ago, um, you know, my husband grew up in a home. His dad was an alcoholic. There was a lot of anger in their house. There was just a lot of chaos and a lot of crazy things. And when his dad found the Lord, his dad was set free from alcoholism. And, and, but he, he struggled for a long time to overcome the addiction to nicotine. And, and this, their family was just this hellhole. Of, as, as bad as you can imagine, that's what it was like. There, his, his older brothers were selling drugs and they were pulling guns on each other and knives on each other. And so this is the atmosphere that he grew up in. And, um, you know, his parents both found the Lord and they conquered a lot of things that, that we w- weren't passed on to our family. But just even the, a few months ago, Bob and I were saying, what are some things that we've just become used to in our family? Some things that maybe got passed on that we've just gotten used to living with. And so we said, you know, what can we take out that our kids won't have to fight, right? What are some things that we can take those strongholds out, those places out in our life so that our kids can walk into something that... that, that that we've overcome and we're passing on something powerful to them, just like his parents did for us. They haven't, he didn't battle with alcoholism. He didn't battle with some of those things because his parents took those giants down. And so we really began to get aggressive and say, what in our life would we like to see God come in his kingdom to come? And, and really taking authority over these things and changing and asking God to come and to visit and to, to remove things, we, things like anxiety, things like stress. I, I saw my kids acting, um, acting stressful the other day and I thought, where did they get that from? Oh, they probably got that from me because I'm walking in stress. Like I'm not walking in the peace and the joy of the Lord. I want to show them what it looks like that in the middle of chaos, in the middle of stressful things, that they can tap into the presence and the joy of God, right? So I believe there's some mountains that God wants to take out of our lives so that our kids don't have to walk in them, our grandkids don't have to walk in them. Sometimes, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but it's like sometimes I don't have enough fight in me to just get rid of something because of me. But it's like if I know it's for someone else, it's like, okay, I can fight a little bit stronger. I can, I can go a little bit further because it's for someone else. I believe God's putting that fight on the inside of us tonight, all right? So God wants to give us access, I believe, to all that he has. So here's... What? Ah, I don't have my notes. All right. I've, I think God wants to move us from a, from a defensive posture to an offensive posture. God wants to move us from a defensive posture to the offensive posture where the enemy has come to intimidate. The enemy has come to take. The enemy has come to steal. And God wants to put a fight back on the inside of you tonight. I believe that. Here is a key that I brought for you. And I believe that this key, what do keys represent in our life? Authority, right? God's given us authority. Keys on my key ring, they're things that I have access to. They're things that I can walk into. No one can stop me. They're things, everything inside on the other side of those keys are things that have been bought for me. 
I believe each one of you have a key ring tonight, and God wants to remind you that you have access. You have access to all that heaven has. So God, some of you are, are facing things in your marriage, and God's giving you access to a whole marriage. God's giving you access to kids that'll serve God. God's giving you access to freedom from addiction, from freedom to bondage, from freedom to, from rejection. God's given you all of that, and we're going to grab a hold of that and walk that out. Matthew 16 says this, Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers, but my Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. The secret of who he is is in relationship, right? And now I'm going to tell you who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You'll have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth and earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven and a no on earth is a no in heaven. And so how does this access come? What did he say? On a revelation of who Jesus is and then a revelation of who we are as God's daughters. A revelation that we stand in his authority. A revelation that we stand in who he is. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com. 